Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Boundary AFLW podcast. No, I wasn't just waiting for Chloe to make a weird noise before we started. <laughs> My name is Nick Negropontis. My name is still Chloe Malloy. And round one is here. Apologies for not getting a show to you this last week, but that just means that we have a full a full um, a Subway uh, meatball sandwich with everything <laughs> in it. Like, you've just you've loaded it up. We've got two weeks worth of stuff to get to you. No guests today. We're going to go through... The rest of my top 30, we're going to go through round one. We're going to go through all the talking points. We're going to go through something else that I've forgotten. Predictions, <laughs> the most important part of the show. They are blessed with the voice of yourself and myself for a whole podcast. A whole podcast. Oh, I wouldn't even pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mum might, so at least we'll get a view. Um, shout out shout out to mums out there. Shout out to my mum too. She definitely would be listening. Excellent. It's been a while. It's been a week and a bit since we did our last show. There's been practice matches. There's been a few injuries, unfortunately. Not as many, again, not as mm-hmm. many as as I thought coming off a weird preseason. I think not as many, but I think there's some that are keeping a bit quiet. Always. Yes. Always. And they'll all come out when teams are selected. Mm. And they'll and be in the brackets reasoning and then you'll find the injury and you'll be like, ah. Yep. Like, for instance, Carlton with Gab Pound have not really made any announcements there, but she's probably not playing this week. No, we, well, I mean, we've done our opposition preview and, and we've got Pound not in, yep. but who knows? She's a spectacular woman and a weird and wacky one, so you <laughs> never know with her. She could be coming back in, but well, when she's when we were at the practice game for the Carlton St Kilda game, and she's talking to the the board members like right next to the media, going, "Oh yeah, I'm probably out for round one. I think I broke my hand," and we're all like, "Yep." Oh, no, note that down. Note that down. <laughs> but no, she was in the um when Carlton did their their media day and no, not sorry, not their media, did their photo day, and she's going around uh, with her phone on Instagram, and you can just see like the plaster on her finger, and it's like. Yeah, she's probably not playing. Yeah, I didn't one. have that one well. <laughs> An- anyone else come to mind for you? Um, oh, I'm going to hold a little secret. We've got a couple mm. that we aren't going to announce. I mean, Yourself? no, no, I'm I'm all G to go. I'm Good. full and fit. Um, but no, I know that like uh, there's a bit of secrecy with clubs and they just don't want anything out yet. But I mean, give yep. it 48 hours and people are going to know everything anyway. So yeah, I'll just give my two cents on that. It's stupid. 
Clubs are stupid. And I'm actually going to agree with you because it doesn't make a difference. It makes literally no difference. Yes. Oh, no. The the opposition club is going to have an extra 48 hours to scout that player X isn't playing. Oh, what? they're going to they're gonna have an idea of who mm. we're going to – who cares? Just, and be, there's, just there's, be open and honest. There's eyes everywhere. And, like, well, unfortunately for us, we train on a public oval. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty sure anyone, <laughs> any any – you know, human and their dog could come down and, and scout and see who's involved in training and who's not involved. So, I mean, we like to play the game pond that it's all this big secret, but I mean, it's really, clubs it's treated, not. Clubs treat it like it's the freaking like, presidential <laughs> election and you've got to hide the votes. And Honestly. Yep. God. Anyway, we'll move off that. So we're going to start today with, with the news that's around. And before we, before we get into our season predictions and then round one and my top 30 as well, which we'll finish off uh, today, news. News, news, news. It was a big week. Ebony Marinoff was probably the, the lead story. It sort of caught yeah. fire a bit. Her contact with Bridge Stack was deemed careless by the match review officer, Michael Christian. And therefore, she was, because of the severe nature of the impact, she was therefore sent to the tribunal. Mm-hmm. Um, not because of anything she did, but because it was great careless. So therefore, she got three weeks and Adelaide rightly appealed it. And then it was postponed because they brought new evidence to the table and now all of a sudden on the day the teams are supposed to drop yeah they're going to be uh, uh, appealing it again oh the poor girl and i do feel for her because we've had a you know she's a we're a big fan of her and she's come on the show twice now and she's not the malicious character at all and the like i mean she's just making headlines and i'm sure it's not the headlines that she wants to be making it for and um like I would, it would get to me and uh, like, I know people, I, I wouldn't like talking about it, but unfortunately it is news and it is relevant. And yeah, I've watched the incident. I think, um, the same day that it happened, I think I checked my phone after training. It was like, Ebony Marinoff has been sent straight to the tribunal and without seeing anything, I was like, oh gosh, that's got to be quite a horrendous mm. act. If you're getting set straight to the tribunal with no, um, I think it's early, early plea. I was like, oh God, I just don't want to see the footage on what happened. And then I saw the footage and I was like, I mean, not to have my two cents, but I'm going to, like, she did nothing. It, it, it was, it was innocuous. It happens so many times. And there was a perfect quote or, or a stat out there. Ebony Marrow, you know, had holds the title for the most tackles in the AFRW and not once has she injured a player. And then with this kind of act and it was, it was Almost nothing, and this means no disrespect to to Brit. Like, and the injury was, oh, I, you know, it was so close to being worse than what it was, and like it was a stable fracture. And I mean, no disrespect at all. And I sent all my best and well wishes. Like, sports a cruel thing, and injuries are cruel. But Noffy, I just absolutely am gutted for her. I'm gutted for both parties, but it was not. There was really nothing in it. It was just unfortunate where Noffy hit and oh it's just bad luck it is such bad luck and it's not what you need going into round one it's the last thing you kind of want to be thinking and Mm. yeah I I actually personally reached out to her and I was like I know you're not that type um I really feel for you I hope I hope you're okay because it can really affect yeah you know and the the mental state of someone and now she's going to come back and I hope that she never does it and never doubts herself and her ability and doesn't hesitate in the tackle again. But I mean, Mm. it's going to be held over her that, you know, she broke someone's spine. 
it's so it's so unfortunate, isn't it? Because she didn't. You're right. She didn't do anything wrong. The ball was in dispute. Like if you look, I looked at it frame by frame. There's a frame where the ball is between them. There's a frame where the ball bounces right, and then there's the contact. Yep. So in in between those two frames, the incident has occurred, and it's not like. Ebony was going into bump. No, or you can see her hands go out like, ooh, like yeah. I'm going to pull my body away from this. Do you think part of this, and again, we're not talking, we're not having a go at Bridstack yet. This is not. Not at all. She's an Irish player who hasn't played footy before. She's learning the game. AFLW is much more of a, a game about learning and growing rather than AFL players who have been in the system since mm-hmm. they were four. Do you think part of this was she didn't know how to protect herself? I do. And, and like... I'm going to say it again because I don't want this to come off as having a personal attack at Brid. No. It's just that the footy is is such a unique sport. It's 360 contact. We play with an oval footy that goes left and right, then up and down, then between your legs. This this contest, and it's just she's gone in head first and just hasn't protected her body as well as she probably should have. But she, you know, she's just playing off instinct, and her instinct is see ball, get ball, not. All right, I need to protect my body. I need to lead, you know, kind of with her hip and with my bum. I need to, to keep my head out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know, not that it's wrong by Noffy or by Brid, but, you know, I think both parties are kind of if at fault. If you're going to blame Noffy, you might as well, you, you've got to blame, you know, Brid as well because it just wasn't that protection. Yep. But, yeah, uh, it's it's such, I mean, everyone can have their opinion on it and you could, talk about it for hours and hours and hours. It's just unfortunate the outcome yeah. is what I think has led to such a In, significant... It's entirely the outcome because if Brid gets up, then no one talks about this incident. Mm-hmm. Like, it's in, it's it's a problem with the match review panel, I think. And that's yeah. something that seems to be pretty universally agreed to by everyone who has seen the incident is everybody did nothing wrong. It was an incidental contact. Accidents happened in footy and this was judged solely on the result. Mm-hmm. But... Um, on to more positive news. But Brit is okay, no, by yep. the way, people. She yep. is well. And we, you know, from Pontanai, yep. um, we do send our best wishes to her because it is a horrific accident. But we also, Noffy, we're thinking of you and, yeah, try to keep your head in round one spirits um, no matter what happens from the uh, hearing. Absolutely. And it sucks for Brit because she came all the way over here, I did know. the quarantine, did everything, and now is got a serious injury. So, yeah, we hope she's all right. Um, in better news, uh, tickets went on sale for all of the AFLW games on Monday. Um, tomorrow, the tickets go on sale for the Fremantle game. I think every other game has already gone on sale. Yep. The Richmond-Brisbane game sold out in, I think, an hour. That's awesome. Um, by the time this podcast goes out, my guess is that the St Kilda game will have sold out as well. And Moorabbin, a similar sort of crowd there um, for the Saints and Dogs game. Obviously, not as big a fan bases as Richmond, but at the same time, it's it's a pretty limited capacity. So I imagine that'll sell out. Carlton Collingwood, who knows what will happen there. Three days to sell tickets. You can't. If you're going to an AFLW game this week, you have to buy a ticket now. Buy it before you can't rock up to the gate. Yes, you can't buy it at the gates. No. You have to. I think it's because of the COVID tracing yeah. that you have to purchase through yeah. Ticket Tech so they can have that. It's just a crazy world we live in, people. I know it's not ideal and it's not convenient, yep. but yes. Even if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're in the car on the way to the game, buy it then if they're still around, or buy it now if you're worried about it selling out. But remember, you have to do it before. So that's our public service announcement. <laughs> um, but it's good. It's good to see that, especially in footy in Victoria, people are, are keen to go back to the footy. Yeah, it's exciting. And like I think I was interviewed the other day, and I am just so grateful that 
we can play footy again. I know there's um, a lot of other countries, you know, in dire straits right now with in lockdowns and, yeah. and, you know, 10 months ago, footy was all I ever wanted to play and where the country's in a position where we can um, play. So, yeah, I'm just, you know, super appreciative that I get to go out and play the sport that I love and do my job, which is, is a football player. And we've been deprived of it so long that, yeah, well, not just us, everyone's been deprived of footy. We were lucky that Queensland were happy to host the men's. Yep. Um, but now the AFLW can roll out. We've got our own airtime this week. I know it's brought forward a week and, and there's pros and cons to that. But yeah, I think it's exciting that we can go and have a crowd. This yes. is, well, this will be the first football match with crowds. Yep. Since the last AFLW since season. Since the last AFLW season. So that's huge. And we are obviously very excited for it. You can hear games live on SEN. More details on that to come throughout the week, of course. Um, but before we get into my top 30 and then predictions and, and the real meat, uh, let's get some questions out of the way. Okay. You've got any? I have got my questions for you, Pont. And if it's a bit hostile in here, remember it is Carlton Collingwood week. Yes. <laughs> come around early. <laughs> well, we just spoke about GWS. Mm-hmm. So this is the perfect little lead in. Will the hub situation affect the GWS Giants? Yes. I think that's, even that's completely out of their control as well. Um, I heard a report that they have three members of staff with them at the moment in terms of support staff. Three. Three. And I had to double check that because three is a very small number for a football team. But it makes sense when you consider that it's part-time and Mm. casual employees who are who are mostly making up AFLW staff, they can't travel to Adelaide. You can't even go on a school excursion with three teachers. Like, how do no. you expect a, a program to run with three <laughs> staff members? Yeah. So uh, my, my answer to that is yes. I think the move to Albury would have sh- shaken them up and then the move to Adelaide. Mm. It's it, uh, We'll go through ladder predictions and stuff later. That's certainly affected where I have them. Um, it's, it's hard to see how they get through. It's hard enough to be an AFLW player with... The stuff, as we talked about in our last show, the stuff you have to juggle every week, let alone doing that in a in, in South Australia when you're yeah. supposed to be in New South Wales. Yeah, and um, I think about it. I've been in. I've had a new place for three weeks now, and even then, I'm like, that bed kind of doesn't feel like mine just yet. Like these girls have been out of their home, and they won't sleep in their own bed for God knows how long. And you know, shout out to them for sacrificing what they've done to keep the AFLW alive. And I think that's kind of gone a little bit under the radar with all the hype of round one is how much GWS have given up, you know, in a whole group, like staff, players, coaches, whoever is in that group personally and also from the podcast here, a massive thank you that the season can roll out because we need all teams involved. And if it wasn't for what you guys have given up, we wouldn't, we, I don't think we would be at around run round one as no. it is. And you look at their, you know, the NRL, like the old, what the Warriors gave up. I kind of mm. mirror that. The Warriors, uh, the GWS in yeah. the AFRW. What the, the Breakers are doing in the NBL right now as well with um, with their New Zealand team as well. So it's it's big and I don't think it'll be the end of it. I think uh, we're, we've been lucky. It seems like border things are, are easing, but old mates in WA are obviously still being pains in the butt. So I imagine <laughs> we'll see Frio and West Coast yeah. Spending a bit of time in Victoria. Yeah. Agreed. I'd like, I don't know. It's hard to, hard to predict the future, obviously, but mm. yeah, I do kind of sense that there might be some more, I don't know, little things that pop up with COVID. But yeah, but hopefully GWS can get back home after round two because it seems yeah. like things have calmed over there. 
at the very least they can come and play games against Victorian teams while being at home. So fingers crossed. Um, my question for you, who are you expecting to play on on Thursday night? <laughs> who you, When you march into that forward line, which, which blue bagger do you think will march next to you? Who said I was playing forward? I did. <laughs> yeah, no, I tried to. That just, <laughs> that just didn't go anywhere. Well, you um, did your SEN interview on, on, on Friday, was it? <laughs> I know. It's such a secret that I'm in the forward line. <laughs> um, who will, I think, well, depends if I play a higher or a deeper role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my game is more an attacking game leading up, getting the footy. And I know that, like... Carlton like to kind of play off a little bit, but I, I think I used to live with her actually. I Ooh. think, I think, uh, Karen Harrington might come to me, Interesting, um, which is good. And I respect her and, and, you know, she is an elite athlete and it's a great challenge. I mean, they could throw anyone on me and, and I think it would be a tough battle. Um, cause Carlton's backline, are a very solid unit. Mm. Um, so, but I, I do, I think Kez, we are kind of similar height, um, and I think about the other people with other girls in the forward line that we've gotten. Their matchups are better or suited on them. Um, Kez does have speed about her, but um, there's some quick ones like Charlotte Wilson. I think she might go to one of our smaller forwards. Yep. The zippy ones. Yeah, I think the matchup will be Harrington versus Malloy. Interesting. I was thinking Laloyfi, but that's because apparently she's had an enormous preseason because she was one of the surprise breakout players. She was with the Pies year. once before. She yeah. played in our VFLW team. Yeah, shout out to old mate Paul Sebastiani <laughs> who who was a very close VFLW tracker and he said whichever team drafts Laloifi is gonna have a is ha- have a gem here. But now she's had twelve more months in an AFLW system. She's a lot fitter. She's a lot stronger. So I'm excited to see what she uh does this year. So yeah, I'm I'm not sure how Carlton will will structure up, but yeah, I think Kez is probably the right call. I'm I'm very interested to see how how things go, and there will be plenty of sledging going on. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I think the sledging between Kez and I is just like, oh, you didn't clean your room when I lived with you. You're messy. It's nothing good. It's it's good. Like I, I do enjoy playing against Kez because like there's that mutual respect between us two. And and it, I remember last year, I think we were running through the middle, or or maybe my first year, and we we're running through the middle of the ground, and she said something, and it was a sledge, and I just looked at it, and I was like. I can't even take that seriously. Like, I've just got to laugh. And then she laughed back like, yeah. I mean, we can say that we're going to sledge each other, but we'll probably just look at each other and smile and laugh. But That's great. That That's the worst thing that we'll probably do to each other. But I think that'll be my, my matchup. Interesting. Um, ticketing, will it be a bust or a boom for the AFRW? Um, I think it'll be a boom because... The, let's let's face it, the, the whole arg- arguments against AFLW these years have been it's too low scoring and no one would pay to come. Well, we just saw a men's season in 2020 where 16-minute quarters, limited preparation, all of the things that AFLW has had to deal with as just a part of its existence. And guess what happened to the men's comp? The scoring fell off a cliff. <laughs> so I don't think that excuse, uh, that excuse is dead because AFLW scoring, as time goes on, will probably match what we saw from the men's season in 2020. Yep. Um, ticketing, we've already seen the game sell out in an hour. And the game needs to make as much money as it can. I think it's a, it's an absolute win. Hopefully, we get to the point where we can, people can just rock up and buy tickets at the ground. Obviously, that's a COVID thing, so that's not a. Yeah, it's COVID. It's kind of worked in the AFRW yeah. and the AFL's favour. They're probably like a sigh of relief, going, "Oh, we had to ticket anyway." Yeah. So, 
and they got rid of the conference system because of it. So that's two wins. I know. Oh no. Will the no conference system, I guess, will that be a bust or a boom? Boom. Yes. Boom, it, boom, boom, boom. Boom, because <laughs> it'll hopefully be the catalyst that leads to a 13-game season. Um, but also, you've got the same amount of teams playing finals, so there's no real change there. You've got more spread in who plays who. And honestly, I think we'll see a situation where the best six teams play finals. Yes, that is exactly what I had in my head as I asked that question. I was like, my answer would be, not that teams last year weren't deserving of it because that was the format. So you played to the format and the format was that teams in conference A who were fourth, you know, they just, that's just how it worked. So you just, you just go with it. And I think this year we will see six deserving teams, quality teams, and there'll be none of that. Oh, well, you know, we're better than the fourth team in the conference B, but we're conference A and we're fifth. Like that's not fair. So I think that'll just eliminate all of that discussion. So yeah, I mean, I'm going to ask the question to myself. I asked it to you. So I also think it. it'll be a boom. Good. Yeah. Cause we had a situation last year where North Melbourne was running away with conference A. And then in my personal opinion, the next four best teams were the four teams in conference B. Yep. And then you would have had GWS and Brisbane back in conference A. So that was I mean, it led to a really, really good conference B race, and that would have been really cool yeah. if we got the final two weeks of the season. But we saw the Suns versus the Freo. We saw an absolutely, you know, an yeah. absolute bloodbath in that game. Yeah. Anyway, it's good that we have conferences gone. Hopefully, they never come back. Hopefully, this <laughs> isn't just a one-year thing. It was a trial and error, and we found out that it was a bit of a bust. A so. Bit of a bust. Um, good job, AFL. Shall we do the top thirty? Yes, I'm in. Pressure. The pressure is on. Um, everyone's doing a top thirty now. It seems. Um, it's the cool thing. Obviously, Sarah Black did hers first. Um, the Herald Sun dropped one of theirs. A couple of guys on Twitter have done their own. So before we, uh, I'll recap who I've got, because we did 30 to 16 on mm-hmm. our last show. Um, I completely forgot about Karen Harrington. So the, ca- <gasps> the captain of my own club, she would have been in the 30 to 25 range, but <laughs> I completely forgot about her. So. That's okay. So let's shout out, another shout out for Karen Harrington. Um, <laughs> so recapping what I had uh, last week, 30 to 16. Kalinda Howarth at 30 from the Gold Coast Suns. Sabrina Duffy from Fremantle at 29. Anne Hatcher at 28, who was in Sarah's top 10, um, which is it's always funny when you see opinions like that, where it's like, I've got her at 28, you've got her at 8. I love I love when that happens. It's complete opposite yeah. ends of the scale. <laughs> uh, Gemma Howden at 27. Ebony Antonio at 26. Um, Emily Bates at 25. Meg McDonald from Geelong at 24. Ash Brazel at 23. C. Malloy at mm-hmm. 22. Elise Parker, another one that Sarah had in her top 10. I've got her at 21. Uh, Olivia Purcell at 20. Jenna Bruden at 19. Ash Riddell, 18. Jess Duffin, 17. And Daisy Pierce at 16. So anything immediately from that that pops out in your mind? Who Who is 22 again? Uh, C. Malloy. <laughs> C. Malloy. <laughs> Nah, nothing that pops Sco- out. I'm, e- to rise. I'm I'm pumped to hear this. I, right. I forgot about it. like you said, we've had a week <laughs> and a bit and there's just been so much on. I wanna I wanna see uh this this top All right. fifteen. Pressure's on, I've been thinking about this a lot. So at fifteen, Taylor Harris, Carlton. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much to say there. She's comfortably in the best fifteen players in the league. Uh fourteen, Isabel Huntington, who I think uh could be a player who's Top seven or eight come the end of the year, assuming the dogs have a, a year that can feed her inside 50. Yep. At number 13 from West Coast, Dana Hooker. 
mm-hmm. who is just one of the most consistently performing yes. midfielders in the comp. She's a victim of her own high standards there. Yes. At number 12, exactly the same thing. Ellie Blackburn from the Western Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. My, If I was ranking my favorite players in the comp, you would obviously be number one. <laughs> uh, Ellie would be top five because she's just as as interesting a, mi- a player to watch midfield half forward. She could have won the leading goal kicking one year where she kicked like 14 behinds or something. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ellie Blackburn at 12. Yep. Brisbane, Kate Lutkins at 11. Uh, single-handedly saved Brisbane two points last year in that Gold Coast game playing in the back line as the Suns dominated um, the last quarter and she just picked off and intercepted everything. Very courageous player. She's a star. Um, at number 10, your teammate, Jamie Lambert. Um, 10? 10. Nah, we've got issues. Oh. Issues have started. Oh, no. Here we go. There's another Collingwood player to come. Okay. But I will say, I had Jamie Lambert in my top 10 last year. By the way, guys, I'm not looking at Pont Wiley talks yeah, right now. Yeah, this is true. She's looking at the big bash. <laughs> I had Jamie Lambert in my top 10 last year and got laughed at. Well, I'm I got laughed at. at. You now. What did I, you have her at? I had her at nine last year and I got tweets from people saying that mm. she wasn't the top 15 player. The joke's on them because she's gone back to back to back best and fairest at the club. She is a gun and is reliable. Right, I'm comp. looking at Pont again. You're about to look away <laughs> again. Number nine, Kiara Bowers. Okay. No, no, that's okay. I'm that's okay. okay. That. It's that's a bit okay. low. It's a bit low. Um, but it's a strong top 10. It's a really strong top 10. Number eight, Monique Conti, Richmond. And my, my bold prediction for the year Monique Conti will be a top three player at the end of the year. Very bold. It is bold. It is very bold. I think bold. Monique Conti will be the best midfielder in the comp at the end of this season. I've got her at eight. That's a command B bold. Oh, That's yeah. very bold. I'm looking forward to the text. <laughs> Number seven, again, I'm going to get tweets for this. Maddie Presparkas. I've got her at seven. You look surprised. Uh, you're just a Carlton man. Well, But no, this is good because this is mean you've, at, like, you've put all... You know, everything aside, this is non-biased. This not. is who you think. No, nah, this is good. No Come one on. has watched Maddie Prasparkas play footy closer than me. And I, I don't think she has the next six players covered just yet. She's also 20. And the players above are 26, 32, 31, 29, 26, and 35. So okay. Fair they've, they've got, she's got time. She's got time. Number six, Brianna Davey. Yep. Who I think is the, I think she's unstoppable as an inside midfielder at her best. We saw that. In her last year with Carlton, obviously she had a few injury issues last year. Um, and talk that she's going to play forward this year. Uh, I saw an article. Where did you hear that? I, I saw an article about, about that uh, this morning, and it's infuriating because it's like this is what I had to put up with with Carlton in the first two years when they were let's play her at full back. Oh, let's play her at half back. Let's play her uh, uh, deep inside fifty. She's unstoppable in the middle of the ground. Just play her in the middle of the ground. Yes, it makes me pull my hair out. But. This is my theory on it. Your best players, you want them on the ground majority of the time because no, where, no matter where they are, they are going to impact. But then again, I had the issue last year. I was thrown around and I was like, yes, you want me on the ground, but also this is really confusing. But I think like, oh, I don't think I'm giving anything away here. Um, and I'm all about it if I do, <laughs> but it's more a resting forward yeah. position for Bree. Okay, we want sense. Bree's experience head on the ground and like, Obviously, you've got her in your top 10 because you respect her as a player. Like, having her on the ground, you you want her on the field rather than the bench. So, majority of the time is going to be played in the midfield, but someone can't run out of game yeah. in the midfield. And, and she is a, you know, she's not like a Chloe Dalton type who can run and run and run. She is, um, you know, stronger, has a bit more bulk about her. So, she can't run out a full game in the midfield. Yeah. So, if we chuck her down in the forward line, 
you know, in the, in a deeper position, she's dangerous. She she worries a defender without even having to touch the footy. If yeah. if you know Bree Davies in the goal square, like I think there's a practice match. She came back from Carlton. She kicked four, so yeah, she right. she already is a threat. So it's more of a resting forward position rather than okay. playing for. If if you get what I mean, like yeah, yeah. she's a midfielder, and when she needs a rest, but we want to keep Bree Davies on the field, she's going to go forward line. No worries, that's totally fine. I'm, I was more referring to when Carlton just refused refused the player in the midfield, and until half got there, and it just ah. Anyway. Well, like you said, if someone she's a born midfielder, she knows the footy. Nine out of ten times, whatever disposal comes out of her hands, it's going to benefit the team. So correct. So. Harris, Huntington, Hooker, Blackburn, Lutkins, Lambert, Bowers, Conti, Presparkus, Davy. So that's 15 to 6. Uh, top 5, Karen Paxman at 5. I, the most consistently elite midfielder since day one, I would say. She's been a top 5 player from day one, and is, there's no reason to remove her from that list just yet. Nope. Number 4, Emma Carney, North Melbourne. Um, goes without saying, BNF winner, outside player, um, Probably the most dangerous player between the arcs in the competition, in my mind. She's a lippy one, too. <laughs> well, she's a teacher, so um, they're all lippy. Number three, Chelsea Randall, Adelaide. I don't think anyone who has spoken about Chelsea Randall so far this year has said anything other than she's going to be better mm. after all this time off and her knee recovery. Yep. So that's a bit scary. Um, number two, Jasmine Garner, North Melbourne, who I think would have been in the 20s for me last year. Yep. And... Her move into the midfield was a masterstroke by Scott Gowans and that North Melbourne group. Mm. She surprised me there because when, when I played alongside her, she she was in the back line at one stage yeah. and I think in the back half of the year ended up with like nearly two votes every game. Mm. I think she played three or two games back there and, and had votes come come the B&F night from playing in the back line. Yeah, well, she she was, I think, an All-Australian forward. And then her last year with Collingwood, she played back and was yes. awesome. And then North played her forward in the first year. And then put, she well, <laughs> it was like, no, no, that wasn't that year. No, she then went to the midfield. She didn't play midfield with Collingwood. No. And now has it like, well, she was at, like you said, she was in the 20s last year. I'm pretty sure she was 29 on Sarah Black's list yeah. last year. Which is fair enough. I think that was a fair adjudication of what we'd seen from her to that point. Mm-hmm. And credit to her. she's. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Credit to Point her. Point up the ranks. And obviously number one is Aaron Phillips. Yep. Until such time as Aaron Phillips is no longer the best player. Yep. Like, it's, it's there's no point even... Even changing it. No, I and mean, I think we said that a couple of episodes back, yeah. even in our first one, that she's earned that number one spot and there hasn't been anyone to take it away from her. So no. there kind of can't be a change despite her going through an injury. Absolutely not. So that's I'll do the top ten again. Lambert, Bowers, Conti, Presparkus, Davey, Paxman, Carney, Randall, Garner, Phillips. So yeah, I'm glad there I got go. that all out. That was that was a lot of work. Roast him on Twitter if need be. Please do. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll fight back. So now that we've got that out of the way, it's time to do some season predictions and then a quick look at round one to wrap things up. We were going to do this last uh, week, but uh, better late than never. Um, if you want more in-detail uh, predictions, I've got an article up at sen.com.au that you can check out. 
I'm sure Chloe's read it. I did say that. Oh, you did? Okay, I was saying that as a joke. He's, he's left the Google Doc blank and I'm yep. like, you don't even need to put it in there. I've already seen the I article. I left it blank because I forgot <laughs> to fill it in. But um, I've got it all on my phone, so that's okay. Uh, we, are we going to go one for one or are we going to go, you yes. say all of yours and then I say all of mine? We'll go one for one. One so, for one. Premier runner-up, Chloe Malloy. Obviously, Collingwood wins the flag. <laughs> who, who, who do you defeat in the flag? Oh, I think we defeat Adelaide. Yep. Um, I think... They're injecting more talent into a talented side already, and I think they'll bounce back. So, yeah, that's really stock standard, straight up answer. That's why I think Adelaide will be in the grand final. Yep, it's hard to tip against them, isn't it? Especially if the hub situation ends up giving them a few extra home games, which I think is mm-hmm. possible. Um, uh, it's it's hard to tip against them. Uh, the Aaron Phillips, Chelsea Randall back in that team. The confidence that'll give the team alone, let alone the actual impact they'll physically have on games. Well, I just spoke about Bree even having an influence without even having the footy in her hand. That's what a player like Aaron Phillips does. Mm. You hear you're matching up on Phillips and it's already, it's like a, it's an 80% mental game. Yep. You kind of, that's, that's the impact that she has without even needing to touch the pill. Like she's in the forward line. I know as a defender, I'd be stressing already. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Ebony Marinoff losing her for three weeks would suck. But fingers crossed it's not yeah, three weeks. Fingers are all well and truly crossed. And toes and anything else that can cross. We won't find out until Thursday night, though, unfortunately. Um, but what about yourself, Premier runner-up? I've got North winning it, and I've got uh, Carlton runner-up. And that's not a Carlton bias thing. I, I genuinely think that those are the top two teams this year. Um, obviously, I, you'll be looking to prove that wrong <laughs> on Thursday night, and I'm excited to see I that know, game. Adding, adding fuel to the fire right now. But I think North Melbourne is comfortably the best list in the game and I think they had the best list last year and they arguably had the best list the year before that. Yeah, but they've had this so. best list, best list, best list, but they've Correct. done nothing with it. So, uh, Well, to be fair, the season was cancelled. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they would have won the flag like so yeah, I've read a, I read an article on The Age saying, had the season not been cancelled, Fremantle would have won the flag. In those words, would have won the flag. They they didn't beat anyone. Anyway, I won't get... I oh, know, we have a grand final for a reason. It was a grand anyway. final for a reason. Anyway, I think anyway. North Melbourne was comfortably the best team last year mm-hmm. um, and I think they'll... I mean, we don't know what the fixture is going to look like now, but based on the original fixture, I think they would have would have won six or seven games, probably even more. They have that huge advantage at North, in uh, Tassie and Arden Street. I think I think North is the team to beat this year. What's who's your MVP? Uh, Jamie Lambert for me. She's come back, and I guess I've got an insight of to to how she's come back. Um, her attitude, like she's just. I don't know. You look at her and she just is, would do anything to be successful. Um, and she's just got that look in her eye this year. And it's something different about her. I mean, she was already a quality player and already one that, you know, she, she's a threat on the field. And yeah, I didn't think, well, not that I didn't think, but I didn't know she could take it to a whole nother level, but she has. And yeah, she's wow. just hungry for the footy. So she's like, positively she's scary like very scary and I, and I say that as the biggest compliment because you are well she's well respected around mm. the league and yeah I, I think she she will be an MVP um in her own right even even if she's not titled the BNF like I just think this year's just going to be the year of the chop that's a bit scary because she was she's already a, a top 10 player and that Collingwood midfield is loaded especially if Davy is fit um Benici was one of the breakout players last year. Shiny Layton was the Australian ruck. 
Chochi being free to play on the outside completely because of, of that. We, and I think she's one of the best kicks in the game. Frees yourself up to play forward. Like the flow on effects of, of Lambert and Davey both flying is huge for Collingwood, I think. Mm-hmm. Massive. Um, my MVP is Kiara Bowers. I think it's going to be a, a similar race this year, which which will be like Presparkus, uh, Bowers, probably uh, Paxman. It's hard because I see someone like Lambert getting votes taken off her by someone like Davey, yeah. by yourself, by players um, who have equally big impact and equally show off to the umpires. Same with North Melbourne. They've got four star mids. They all take votes off each other. The umpires don't know who Jasmine Garner is. Mm-hmm. Like they've never seen her before. So clearly yeah. they can't vote for her as nah. we saw last year. So um, yeah. I, I think Bowers, I think Fremantle is good enough. And I think Bowers gets the votes. Yeah. And and she, Bowers stands out in a team like mm. Fremantle where they aren't loaded, fully, fully loaded. And, and you're right. Like teams like a North and a Collingwood and a Carlton even, we still, and it is the best issue not that we all like not that players go in thinking about it but it's the best best issue to have yep. in stealing votes from each other like i think that's that's grouse that's yep. what you want especially because like Chris Barker's polled three votes in every single carlton win last year which was just insane and uh, that can't happen again surely so wow. I, i've got i've got bowers winning it give me your top six in order he's, he's in order. specifically put in order here people so these are your finals teams <laughs> Uh, I've got Collingwood, mm-hmm. Carlton, Adelaide, North Melbourne, Fremantle, yep. and St Kilda. Interesting. So you've got Fremantle and North missing the top, not missing the top four, missing the top three. Top three missing the top three. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. But obviously Adelaide, it's hard to hard to argue that, against them. It was actually quite hard to do, and and like he spec- Pont has specified, specified in order here, so I'm in like, order. oh god. And I don't even, like, who knows what the rest of the games are going to be like. So that's what I've come up with. But what about yourself, Pont? It's just interesting you've got St. Hilda there. Well, if you wait for four more questions, you'll understand why. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll hold it for then. <laughs> I think, ev- not everyone, but most people who are doing these predictions have the same top five. I think there's yeah. a safe top five. Yep. And it's hard to argue against um, that five. And I've got the same there with North, Carlton, Adelaide, then Fremantle, then Collingwood. Yep. So I think that's a safe uh, five. Yeah. And then I've got Melbourne making it just because yeah. I think their experience, the experience they still have and the core that they still have is good enough to get them enough wins and the randomness of Casey Fields as well thrown into that. <laughs> so I think I think they edge out because St. Kilda was my team that was also on the bubble there. So, mm-hmm. um, But that, that Jacobson injury sucks. Oh, it my sucks. heart, my stomach dropped for us, you know. Gave up AFRW to pursue a career, yep. succeeded in that, got where she wanted to be, was in a position that she wanted to come back to footy, got back to footy, got, you know, playing at St Kilda, her partner's at St Kilda, like moving to a new place down that way. And then a collarbone, like yeah, it's in a just practice game. devastating, absolutely devastating for her. Like it, that would have been her first game of footy in. Mm. Like since a, since being an all Australian defender for all Australian squad defender for Melbourne, there you go. So, so I just felt for her there. That sucks. Um, the other thing there, I think Nat Exxon had a calf thingy during that practice game. She had ice on her. That's just what I saw being at the game. I don't know whether that's serious or not. Um, I don't know. But the Saints need injury luck, I think, to to make it. And so mm-hmm. do the D. So does everyone, really. It's yeah, with it's lists just, of thirty. You, anything can happen. Well, we'll go to bold predictions. Oh, go so for it. it it explains and I can justify why I've got Saint Kilda in there. That's my bold prediction is St. Kilda to make finals. I think 
we had Peter Searle on and just listening to her talk and then hearing around the traps, you know, just the culture that they've got there and, and how well the girls are getting along. Um, cause that's something that's hard to create. That's just kind of, that happens naturally. You know, you've either got that culture or you don't. And yeah, just hearing around the traps at Saints are progressing really well. They've got a younger list, but that's not a, it's not a barrier for them. So my bold prediction is St. Kilda to make finals. That's a good one. And I think you, you might be right there. Thank you. We will Thank find you. Out. What's your bold prediction, Pon? Well, I've got two. I went with the first one earlier with Mon Conti being the ah, best yes. midfielder in the comp come the end of the year. Uh, there's just something about Monique Conti that's, she just looks different when she has the ball in her hand to every other player out there. It was so evident in the practice game. And that's sort of what's uh, led to, to this prediction is she looks like she's obviously got the basketball um, fitness space. Yep. Um, and obviously that helps a lot because she's essentially uh, more of a more time to train and more time to practice and more time to grow as an athlete. Yep. And I think that's going to really hold her in good stead. I don't think Richmond will be any good. Um, no offense to them. I think they'll actually be a lot better this year, but I don't think they're going to be a, a finals threat, but I think Monconti will take a big leap this year. Um, my other one is I think that we'll see the first AFLW player to kick 20 goals in a season happen this year, which is essentially two goals a game. So I think we'll see the first player do that. My guess is Taylor Harris, but I don't want to commit to anyone in particular. <laughs> I just think we'll see the first player kick 20 goals. Right. I like that one. It's different. We'll need some accuracy luck, but I think it'll happen. Right. That's cool. Rising, like that. Rising Star was hard because... Oh, this was hard and I... It's fair because we haven't seen any of these oh, players in 12 months. I know. So. This actually stumped me. Like, and I don't know because I don't... I haven't seen any of the draft crop talent. Correct. If someone was going to win it from Collingwood, who would it be? I think... I think Tani Brown's a hard one to go past. Like you spoke about our midfield being quite a loaded loaded um, line. And she's come in and she's actually made an impact and she hasn't kind of just been swept under the rug. She actually has come in and, and you know, made herself known. So if I was going to choose anyone, I would choose her. But we've got like a couple of youngins like Belle Smith's got the potential to be like the next Buddy Franklin. She's oh, wow. a lefty. She's just got to build a bit of confidence. She's just a kid. And I say that and I'm a ripe <laughs> old age of 22. But yeah, I, th I think if I was to say anyone, it'd probably be uh, Tani. Fair enough. Um, I sort of, it's not cheating, but because uh, again, the draftees, it's, it, I'm not going to pretend to know, oh, this person's better than this person. This person had a great juniors. I don't really follow the draft. Yep. But Nina Morrison is eligible. Is she? Nina Morrison is eligible in the same way that Izzy Huntington was eligible last year. Nina has played nine games and she's under, she's 20, which means she's eligible. Yeah, right. I don't know if she's entirely healthy. I don't know whether we'll see her around one, but she could probably do it in five games <laughs> anyway. So Nina Morrison is, is my pick, oh, which is a safe pick. Nice. I was just going through. Great um, research there, Pond. Just a bit of research. And I don't know. I haven't confirmed whether she's eligible, but if Izzy Huntington was eligible last year, then Nina's yeah, well, same eligible boat. this year. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we don't like this one, but. Wooden spoon. Have, 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 someone has to win it. Oh, no. Our teams have both won it. We both have a single spoon. <laughs> oh, I've got the Suns. Interesting. As as the wooden spoon is. Any particular reason? or? Oh, I just... I thought Richmond would go a bit better than last year. And I think you've probably got Richmond as your wooden spoon is. I don't know. Um, uh, 
yeah, I, I don't really have a good justification that's as okay. why it's I put hard, them It's hard there. for you to comment on the, on this one, so that's okay. I just think, yeah, that's that's my prediction, the Gold Coast Suns. But, hey, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. I am <laughs> open to that and would be more than happy to be proven wrong. Interesting. I've also got the coasters. Coming. Oh! <laughs> West Coast. Oh, West Coast. Yeah. I think... I think Richmond take a step forward. I think they were pretty active in the trade period. Ellie McKenzie is a big ad. They've only got one way to go. That's true. <laughs> That's also true. They, they physically... I mean, firing your coach, abandoning the VFLW competition. So it's hard to... They've got to go upwards. <laughs> and from what I saw, I think Sarah Hosking has a big impact on that midfield. Fingers crossed Katie Brennan is healthy. She was. Yep. She got through the practice match. Yep. Um, cramped up quite a bit in the last quarter. It was funny. She had a, a set shot about 40 meters out and just had to go down for the cramp. <laughs> she just couldn't, couldn't kick the ball. Upwell Health and Co. will look after that. <laughs> I know she nice goes plug. there. Nice plug. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think Richmond will... I don't think they'll jump out of the bottom four, but I think they will be competent. West Coast, I don't know enough about. Yep. Um, it's just hard because there's just no information that comes out of that club. Honestly. None. And they were the oldest listed in the comp last year. They finished last. It's hard to know where that improvement comes from. Um, I think Aisling McCarthy, who we'll, I'll talk about a bit later, is a huge ad, but I don't know whether it's enough to, to get them off mm-hmm. the bottom, especially if they have to hub in Melbourne. Yes. Which is another factor. So breakout players, two players to watch. Who have you got? I've got Aliso Day and Tani Brown. Aliso Day breaking out at 30? Yeah, why not? Like, age is just a number. It's a glass <laughs> ceiling. And I just think um, enjoying your footy is the best medicine for, for for quality games. Like if you're in having fun and enjoying it, then you're pretty much unstoppable force. And, and it's not to say that she hasn't enjoyed her last years of footy at Carlton or at Melbourne. Um, sorry, her first years at Carlton this year at yep. Melbourne. Um, apologies, but I don't know. I just hear that she she's happy. She's enjoying herself. She's playing you know, open and free footy and Carlton have allowed that for her. And I just think that, yeah, oh, she's she's a breakout player for me to watch. And then the other one, Tanya Brown, yeah. is um, a Collingwood girl who I spoke about before, has come into our loaded midfield and, and made herself known. If Elise O'Day has a breakout year in that sense, Carlton wins the flag. Yeah, I fair think that's I think that's the ceiling on, on this Carlton team, which needed another gun inside mid. Mm-hmm. To help out Prasparkas take the load off her, um, I think if if that happens, and maybe who knows, maybe Chloe Dalton makes an appearance in the second half of the year. <laughs> yeah, because you, I got I've a, done some sleuthing. I did. I got a text from Pont saying that Carlton have twenty nine active players. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Blues have deliberately not signed a thirtieth player in the hopes that there's a chance that Chloe Dalton plays should the Olympics not go ahead. Mm-hmm, smart man. Um, the only official word that I've heard on this is uh, Darcy Vessio talking about it. And she said that the plan was to leave it till the last possible minute. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that last minute is, whether yeah. it's Thursday. Um, but I would be more than happy if for Carlton to leave that spot open. If we get three games out of Chloe Dalton in the back half of the year. Yeah. Beautiful. She was, she was one of the breakout players last year. Hugely important on the outside of that midfield, especially with Sarah Hosking leaving as well. Mm-hmm. Having one of them would be great. Um, my breakout players to watch, I've got Brianne Moody from Carlton, who I think she has the potential to be a dominant AFLW player. She's already won a best and fairest. She's already, oh, yeah, she, yeah. Went, she went joined best and fairest with Kate Lloyd. That's correct. Um, in that, I think the year Carlton won the spoon. Um, 
she has already proven herself to be among the best rucks in the comp. I think she can just be one of the best all-round players in the comp. I don't know whether it happens this year, but she is ridiculously talented. The way she was dominating, I can't remember who St. Kilda's ruck was on the day. I think their main ruck was out, but she was just jumping on top of everyone. She was tucking the ball under her arm, sprinting, hitting players, lace out, booting at 50 meters. I think Bree uh, has ridiculous potential and she's still only like 22 or 23. So yeah, she's accomplished a lot, but I think there's a lot left in front of her. And my other one is Aisling McCarthy, who I think with a greater role at West Coast, she was one of the, again, another huge breakout player last year for the Dogs, mid half forward. If her Swanson and Hooker are their starting on ball trio, or if she plays forward, I think that'll hold the Eagles in good stead. She kicked three goals against Fremantle in their practice game. So <laughs> that's pretty good. Not I think, bad. I think she's going to be one of the um, – she'll be in the top 30, I think, this time next year. Is my right, prediction. that's another bold prediction right there. We're, we're, You're we're, loving these bold predictions. Well, the good thing is I don't know how many people listen 48 minutes into the podcast. So if I get <laughs> – Again, I did this last year, but if you're still listening at this point, just just tweet me. I want to know who is actually listening. At and this I'll point. I'll buy you a coffee. Yes, and Chloe <laughs> will buy you a coffee. Um, but I think that's it. That's our those are our predictions. So sign sealed, chuck them away, and we'll bring it back up after the season. Yeah, we'll see how we go. I mean, I went, I did pretty good last year, just quietly. <laughs> just ask, just asking. I said asking. said Shani Layton would be the breakout player of the year. No one. Yeah, you do. You actually, you, to your credit, your research is quite no one credit accurate. I'll credit you now. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's good. Um, I'll probably go one out of six this year anyway. Um, <laughs> You've jinxed yourself. Yeah. So before we get out of here, let's quickly go through uh, round one because football is happening this weekend. Woot woot. Carlton Collingwood, round one. Thursday night, Icon Park. Before last year, the Blues were undefeated against the Magpies and then the Pies came in and steamrolled them. They're Bloody oath we did. And you know what? The first words that came out of my mouth when that siren went was an explicit word, yes. <laughs> that was good because I was, I was at that game doing it for SEN and just trying to avoid you at all costs. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, this is going to be a cracker. If you're looking at, in terms of the season as a whole, this is one of the marquee games. It should be the opening game every year Yep. Um, at this Agreed. point. You've got Harris and Livingston, which just added some extra spice <laughs> last year where... I think, I can't remember what she said exactly. She said, Stacey Livingston said Harris was useless at ground level, which is just literally factually incorrect. But we will see how that goes. It's It was such an interesting matchup last year because the Blues were just battered mm. from start to finish. I think Loins and Harrington both came off with niggles during the game just from contact. Yep. So, I mean, I, obviously, I don't want you to give anything away about anything, but, like, you guys must be pretty hyped about this one. Yeah, I mean... It's, if anything, they can be like, well, we're, th- we're still three up on you. So cool. You can take that one win, but, um, I'm always excited for this game and there's always so much hype around it. And we did our research last year and I think we implemented it better than what they did. But at the end of the day, you can scout a team as much as you want. It's just two rocks up on, on the, on the day. Um, yeah, I can't, of course I was pumped about that win because, being a part of Collingwood, you're just taught to hate Carlton, <laughs> and that's just how it is. I, I like I don't hate Carlton. I have a lot of respect for the girls there, and um, I'm friends with a lot of them off the field. But once you step over that white line, it's just like, yeah, I smell blood and I want it. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, this could go either way. Like it's you know, if I take my Collingwood hat, it's two very very good sides that match up quite well against each other. Yeah, it's probably like 
Carlton's got the best back line, but we've also got, you know, we're nipping at the heels to be the best back line. We have such a solid group. The midfields are loaded. Like, if anything, you've probably just got it. It'll be almost like a forward line battle. Yep. Because we've got such a young, inexperienced line compared to Carlton's. Pretty settled. Pretty settled. But who knows, that could be... You know, the difference is yeah. that we are, we are an experience and we work it to our favour. So, yeah, I'm psyched. And if I was, you know, despite being a Collingwood fan, if I was any other fan of AFRW, this is a game that I would be, And on, on top of all of that, Brianna Davies' first game back against Carlton. Yeah. And, I, you know, my, my take on this, I am in 100% agree, in agreement in favour of any AFRW player leaving for greater opportunity. Yep, we've always and, said that. And greater money because it's a part-time competition. Go get paid. At the same time... Brianna Davy was the captain of Carlton in the grand final and ditched. And she's going to cop it on oh, Thursday night. Oh, and of night. course she will. And, and it, you are it's going to be great. Honestly, naive and and silly to think that there's not going to be lip. And like, there's only lip because we are so passionate about Correct. what we do. We bleed the colours of our club. Like, yes, okay, she left. And, and if they sledge her, like, you're going to answer to a Collingwood group. And if we sledge, we've got a Carlton group mm. to answer to. It's healthy banter. Like, there is nothing... That it steps over the line. The AFL have an integrity, you know, unit that, you know, if anything does overstep the line, it's reported straight away. So it is healthy banter, yeah. and I think it's a good part to have. And why not fire her up like fire Brie Davy uh, up? I dare yeah. you do it. it. Exactly, like, that's going to be the problem. Give him more. Give me more. Like, my, yeah. My fear is we're going to have the crowd's going to the Carlton portion of the crowd is going to boo her, and that's again well within their rights. And there's going to be a portion of Twitter that gets upset about it. And that I'm already annoyed by that. But I, th- I thrive off it. Like, yeah, it's great. It means they care. Yeah, it's, it's passion. Good. It comes from it comes from a place of passion. So, like, if, I hold nothing against them. If any, if like, if Patrick Cripps left Carlton for Collingwood, the Carlton fans would boo the absolute crap out of him, yeah. and rightly so. Yeah, and vice versa. Like, uh-huh. if, if Steph Chochi, mad Carlton fan growing up, um, I'm still trying to convert her over. Um, <laughs> if she left for Carlton, Collingwood fans would boo her, and mm-hmm. rightly so. Like, that's how it works. Yep. Anyway, uh, St Kilda Bulldogs. This is also a really interesting game. I think this is a, again, it's hard to take much out of round one of AFLW because so much changes and so much changes. Rusty and obviously haven't played in twelve months, and there's it usually takes until round three or four until we know who's who's where. But this is a pecking order game, I think, for me. Yeah. In terms of where these these two teams sit. This is a game that kind of already dictates finals. It'll be like yeah. middle of the pack. Yeah, and it kind of every win for a team like. Western Bulldogs and St Kilda, every win is dire straits because it, it's probably going to be so close at the end that it's going to come down to percentage. So, yeah, it, it'll be, I mean, it's not as hyped as a game as Carlton Collingwood, but it definitely doesn't lack importance. It's a great looking Friday night game, especially in Moorabbin. I think that's going to yeah, be cool. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm tipping Carlton and you're tipping Collingwood for the first game. Um, <laughs> I'm tipping uh, the Saints to win that one. Yeah, I'm going to... Degree on that one, and I'm going to tip St. Kilda. Gold Coast Melbourne is fascinating at Metricon. Um, I It's hard to know what to predict in this one. I can't remember. The Suns played one game at Metricon last year. It was the Q Clash. Yes. Um, which was the draw with Brisbane. They're a really fast, speedy team on the outside. Um, I don't know how much better they'll be this year. 12 months under their belt, they have to be better, I would imagine. Like, like in terms of experience and knowing what they where they need to be. Melbourne is the ultimate professional unit. It's a, it's a real style mesh up here when you've got the veteran I know the Melbourne's a younger team now but they've got they've got the old heads and then you've got this fast new yeah. team yeah and I think like for a team like Melbourne especially because we haven't played footy in so long that the location of the game 
doesn't really matter for them. Yep. Not much changes in their in the way that they want to play. It could be the, a big advantage for Gold Coast because um, I mean, not that they train there. I'm unsure if they do train there, yeah, but not sure. so it could that could work in their advantage. But yeah, that that's just a, a typical game of um, young versus old. West Coast and Adelaide. Oh, oh, who do you tip? I'm tipping Melbourne. Yeah, I tip Melbourne. Um, I'll, I'll tip Melbourne because that's the safe. You got to tip safe in round one. <laughs> As the reigning you set you up the reigning SEN Tipper. tipping champion, reigning defending undisputed <laughs> one by two champion. You got to tip safe in round one. Yes, you only make the, the bold predictions as it gets towards the end, and you're like, I don't well, want to go safe because you know I need to kind of go different. But um, West Coast take on Adelaide in Perth. This is a very interesting game. Again, haven't seen much of West Coast. Don't know really what to expect. We're expecting big things from Adelaide. How do Phillips and Randall look straight back up? How do their previously injured players go? Will Ebony Marinoff be there? <laughs> There's a lot of question marks on this game, and I'm yeah. excited to see it. And I think all of it kind of is directed towards the Crows, yeah. and everything that we want from this game is is answers from the Crows more so than West Coast, which, I mean, all the media attention's on Adelaide at the minute, so you never know. West Coast could come out of nowhere and surprise them. Especially home game. And their heads could, you know, Adelaide's heads could be elsewhere. I don't think they are a team to do that, but I don't know, stranger things have happened, so... But in saying that, I am going to tip safe and I'm going to go Crows. Yep. I think, yeah, I agree. I think the Crows just, West Coast averaged 1.8 goals per game last year. I don't think that beats Adelaide, no matter how much uh, better they are. I think the Crows get it done. Geelong versus North. Another really interesting game. The, the good thing about this round is that the top teams are on the road against middle of the pack teams from last year. So you've got West Coast, Geelong hosting top teams or potential top teams. Melbourne's on the road. So I think that's really interesting. Fremantle's the only one who has a home game. Well, nothing's, nothing's changed there. They had seven <laughs> home games last year. Anyway, yeah. uh, Geelong versus North. This is really interesting as well. Can the Cats match North Melbourne in the midfield? It's tough. I want to say yes, and then I want to say no, because I'm like, if North are on, and then they're on. But also, like Geelong is such a well-drilled side in, yep. in, in the midfield that I think I don't like. I don't doubt their ability to match it with North Melbourne at all, at all. Um, and if you get under North Melbourne's skin, and Geelong seem like a, quite a modest team, um, and if you can kind of get under North skin, they they seem to turn on each other. Um, but I, I actually, I see Geelong coming away with this one. It, wow, really? Yeah, that's a that's a good tip. I like that. I, I'm gonna go Geelong. I think maybe I've got a little bit of a soft spot for them. Um, because I think we've really, you know, we we really knocked North Melbourne about, so we've set them up for them. <laughs> set them up twelve months ago. Um, bit of might be a bit of rain around. You never know. Oh yeah. I've got a bit of a Geelong stat here. Oh, in twenty nineteen, they were defensively dominant. They were one of the teams that conceded the least points in the league, but they l- could not score. They were they were I think either the lowest or one of the lowest scoring teams. In twenty twenty, they were the highest. They were the second highest scoring team in Conference A behind North Melbourne but they conceded more points than anyone in the league bar Richmond and West Coast. So if they can find the big sticks. They've got to do like the Goldilocks thing where they they were way too defensive and then they were way too offensive and now they've just got to... So this is the year of balance. This is the year of balance, so hopefully is... for the Cats. Yeah. Where they put it all together and if they do, if Nina Morrison comes back, I doubt she plays round one, I don't know. But um, uh, hopefully they can get it done. Darren Crocker, first game as North Melbourne coach. Mm. Pressure is right on if they lose this game. Pressure is right on because... Scott Gowans didn't do anything wrong. He's a good coach. Yeah. They've made a change. Yep. They didn't have to make a change. And so they didn't have to. And We then... will find out. 
We reaped the rewards of that change. Yes, you did, because he's now at Collingwood. But who are you going for? I'm tipping North. North, okay. I'm I, going Geelong again, on that one. Again, play safe. You're, you're um, <laughs> Chestua Pujara in round one. You let it go outside off stump. Richmond and Brisbane, punt road. This is, again, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in all of these games, but this one as much as any. What does Richmond look like? What does Brisbane look like 12 months on after a year of stability, uh, which is great for them, a year where they didn't ha- get roasted by uh, teams coming into the competition, which is great. <laughs> is this Richmond's best chance to win a game this year? I mean, sorry, not this year, but so far. Um, yeah, Brisbane are kind of like a, like, it's kind of like West Coast. You don't really hear much from them at no. all, um, which is kind of cool. It's like they're, they're so secretive and people are so inquisitive about it because they are so quiet, but they're, I think they're, you know, there's, they've got no real super, superstars like Batesy. Yes. Um, Wushner is great. Wushner. So like. They've got good players on every line. They just don't have a dominant player. Yeah, and 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 I, th- I just I don't think Richmond will get it done against the side that have been around. Okay. And who have you know put strung some quality matches together and and had had a core group sort of together for so long that Richmond had just kind of been you know like you said got rid of the VFRW program, change a head coach. Like it's just been kind of a bit of a shambles. But then. Richmond have injected some nice talent into they their really side, so I don't know, things could come together. It could be a very different Richmond outfit. Uh, I just don't think round one is when they'll get their first win. You think it might take a few weeks for them to work it all out? Definitely, and I think it'll t- actually take a, a teams a few weeks to work it out. Like I don't think we're going to see the best quality AFRW games no. until maybe round three, four. And that's fair enough. So you're tipping Brisbane? Yes, I'll tip Brisbane on that one. I'm going to take the punt. I'm going to go Richmond. Okay. I'm going to tip the Tigers. I think sold out game. They'll be pumped up. There'll be Richmond people will be going mad <laughs> um, in the stands. I don't know how many Brisbane fans will be there. I don't expect there'll be too many because Richmond fans would have slaughtered up all of those tickets. Um, I think Richmond wins. I think Richmond gets their first win here. Okay. Um, I think it'll be a low scoring game. I think they'll win it like 17, 14 or something like that. I think that's that's their path to winning the game. And then Fremantle GWS in Perth. Frio going for eight eight wins in a row. GWS coming off tumultuous, to stay, say the least, off-season as we spoke about earlier. I think Fremantle win this by 30 or 40 points. Yeah, I think just the unsettled GWS. But then again, like your best quality, you bond most on, on away trips. They've had this massive long away trip. Um, but I think it's just exhausting and it's emotionally exhausting um, and for a team, like you said, who coming, I mean, it's been a while and yes, it's eight in a row, but it's a new season, but yep. they are, a, they are a tough, aggressive, like such a full on team to yep. play. Um, that, yeah, I just, I, I think GWS just aren't settled yet and that plays a big role in it. And I think the Dockers... Might not roll them. I think GWS will stay with them for a bit, but then come down to the, you know, maybe the last quarter, last half, I yeah. think Dockers are just going to get on a roll, find their momentum back. And I'm yeah. a bit worried this game will look like the Gold Coast final last year where the Suns were exhausted. They'd played back-to-back games in Perth, which meant the four-and-a-half-hour flight from Queensland to, to Perth back-to-back after a long season. I think we might see the inverse of that where GWS isn't quite ready yet. They've had a lot of travel. They've had a lot of preparation away. And I think Fremantle, I think this might be a beat up in terms of something like 50 to 10 or like yep. 60 to 20 or something like that. Unfortunately. 
But that's okay. I'm hopeful that that's a competitive game. I hope we see a lot of competitive games. We're just going to see footy this week. We are. And also, I just would like to say this this round, I think all of the teams are dedicating it to Jacinda Barclay, who yes. unfortunately, um, during you know the months where we didn't have footy, she lost her life. And, and this week, um, everyone's going to be wearing black armbands. Okay. Uh, and I think, well, Collingwood and Carton, we're going to have a minute silence for her. So That's awesome. That is good to hear. Yes. Just respect um, her and she did, a, well, you know, a lot for the AFRW. She was, everything that GWS had to say about her is only positive and yeah, by all just in the bark, right? That is good to hear. And on that note, we will, we will wrap it up for this week's edition of the Boundary AFLW podcast. Round one is here. We're going to have a winner and a loser in this studio, guaranteed, <laughs> unless it's a draw, I guess. Unless it's a draw. Um, we don't want a draw. No, we don't. Get we do of, not do draws. Get, I don't do draws. Get rid of the draw. That's another <laughs> podcast. But thank you very much for listening. If you're still listening at this point, again, tweet tweet me at Nick Negropontos or tweet. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free, and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Chloe Malloy at Chloe Malloy with three L's. Um, <laughs> let us know. I want to know because it's, it's a long podcast. Um, enjoy round one. I hope you're going to a game. If not, I hope you're watching on TV. Um, thank you very much. Best of luck, Chloe. Thank you. You too, Pont. And we will <laughs> Over see- and out. Over and out.